This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk to the organizers of one of the great Christmas traditions in Vancouver. I'm talking the 24th annual Bright Nights in Stanley Park. It's on now and it raises funds for some pretty amazing things. And we'll find out all about that. But first, it's the consumer news headlines from the past week. It's looking like we'll be paying a lot more for food in 2022. A lot more. Try almost a thousand bucks for the average Canadian family of four more on their food bill. That's according to a new report which says the increased cost is being blamed on soaring food costs due to several factors. Janet Music is the research program coordinator with the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University, and she's among the authors of the Canada's Food Price Report 2022. She says nationally, the cost of food is expected to go up 5 to 7%, with BC among the provinces set to see food on the higher end of that. Dairy prices and restaurant menus will see the biggest rise. Both are expected to see price increases of 6 to 8%. On average, the typical family will pay $14,767 for, for food in 2022. This is an increase of up to 966 bucks from last year. Music says it's going to affect a lot of families, especially those that are already suffering from food insecurities. She adds that the farming season was heavily impacted this year by severe weather events from heat waves, wildfires, flooding, and drought. And what's worse is this report doesn't even take into account the recent flooding here in southern BC, which saw devastating impacts on the farming communities in Abbotsford, Sumas Prairie, and parts of Chilliwack. So how do we deal with rising food prices? According to this new report, we should seek out lower price alternatives, such as frozen vegetables, and pay close attention to online grocery platforms where consumers sometimes pay up to 8% more for items. And even with the upcoming increase to Vancouver property taxes, an economist says here in the Lower Mainland, we still have the lowest property tax rate in all of North America. And the out-of-pocket cost to the average homeowner will be significantly less than the average rent increase in 2022. On Tuesday, City Council approved a 6.35% property tax increase instead of the 5% jump that Council had asked staff to budget for. More spending on police and firefighters and the introduction of a new climate levy were key factors to driving up that rate. But Alex Hemingway, a senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, says uh, the owner of an average priced home will be paying about $100 more next year. But Hemingway says it's worth taking a look at what's happened to property values. So for example, a property could easily have gone up by a hundred grand over the past year. So it's technically a very modest tax increase. And even if you're going to cross the border for a short trip, you may still have to get a COVID-19 test. People coming back into Canada are being randomly chosen to get swabs. The arrival tests are provided for free 
but must be completed within 24 hours of entering Canada. You can either FedEx it in or you can drop it off at uh, different locations like Shoppers Drug Mart or Life Labs locations. The at-home tests also require access to a reliable internet and computer with a camera, which may be challenging for some. And uh, one of the great Christmas traditions in Vancouver is now open. It's the 24th annual Bright Nights in Stanley Park. You can buy your tickets online at uh, burnfund.org. And the event continues into the new year. It closes January 2nd. There's the candy cane red fire truck, a larger-than-life reindeer that welcomes you as you pass through the tunnel of lights on your way to the Bright Nights train. It's very cool. And we'll talk to the organizers of this very amazing event when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And when you think of Christmas in Vancouver, I mean, one of the real classic highlights of a Vancouver Christmas is Bright Nights at Stanley Park. The lights, the Christmas train, and Bright Nights is a partnership between the BC Professional Firefighters Burn Fund and the Vancouver Park Board. Every year, firefighters from all over BC travel to the Stanley Park site to volunteer and create special light displays for Bright Nights. And it's on now. Uh, it's in its 24th year, and it's the Burn Fund's largest fundraising event, bringing in approximately a half a million bucks. There's a 50-50 ticket draw that you can get in on. You can buy a ticket right now by going to burnfund.org. And with me right now is uh, a couple of people, one person behind uh, the Professional Firefighters Burn Fund, the president of the BC Professional Fighter Firefighters Burn Fund, Gord Ditchburn. Hi, Gord. How are you? Hi, Martin. I'm doing very well. Thanks for having us on. Great. And our other guest uh, this afternoon, Elaine Square, uh, someone who has uh, has really benefited from some of the work that the firefighters have done. Hi, Elaine. How are you doing? Hi, Martin. I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, we'll we're going to hear Elaine's story uh, about her family, her daughter, and uh, but first, Gord, let's just quickly talk about uh, the twenty fourth annual uh, Bright Nights event at Stanley Park. Um, how big a deal is this on the firefighters' calendar, which is always it's, very hot? <laughs> you know, uh, it's 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 our number one event of the year in terms of uh, of our biggest fundraiser. It's the one that every firefighter, uh, professional firefighter in the province has got circled on their calendar to come into town. We start building in early November every year. And, you know, we've got um, firefighters from all over the province. You know, Dawson Creek, you've got them from, from the Kootenays. You've got them from the island. You've got them from the interior and the lower mainland. And they all converge on the site working with our, our partners in the Parks Board and um, making magic happen and bringing the lights to life. And when we kick it off at the end of November, um, you know, in excess of three million lights are uh, twinkling in the uh, in Stanley Park, and it um, it really brings that feeling of Christmas together. And I can tell you personally, standing at the gate welcoming guests, and I've done it for a number of years, you see the same families coming back. It's generational, and they they come back with the grandparents and the parents and the young ones, and it's really become part of Christmas for so many people. Um, it's a tradition. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I remember when my kids were little, it was uh, it was an important part of the calendar for Christmas. You knew it was Christmas when you go to Stanley Park. And uh, I'm kind of in that in-between stage now where uh, maybe grandchildren could be coming someday soon. And the first place I'm going to take them is to Bright Nights at Stanley Park. And I guess it gets pretty uh, uh, competitive <laughs> between the, the firefighters for the displays. Well, it, it does. Yeah, we all, you know, we're, we're alpha uh, types by, by nature. And we try to, you know, we all try to outdo each other. And, and some of the displays uh, every year, they just keep getting more intricate and more, more dynamic and, and the lights. And it's all about, it's all about putting that smile on the, on the public. And, and so we, it's a friendly competition, but the whole competition really is to raise the money for the burn fund that we can then in turn uh, use to operate and, 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 and utilize the programs for burn survivors across the entire province. And it's a fun, it's a fun competition, but yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely uh, a flavor to uh, outdo each other. Yeah. And it's all about the burn fund and the burn fund supports a lot of different initiatives, right? Uh, tell us a little it, bit about those. You know, everything from, from prevention to the three different kids camps we offer, uh, you know, our, our smallest uh, burn survivors to our, our, our teens to our adult burn survivors. And so we've got those programs. We've got, you know, uh, we've got uh, programs where we offer uh, pay, for, pay for dressings and pay for, for, for different uh, pieces that our, our burn survivors need that medical doesn't cover. Um, and we get right down to where we are with our home away program. And when we constructed our building at 23rd and Main in Vancouver, it was designed to have accommodation suites uh, in, in the mix so that we could therefore do what a lot of families struggle with, which was finding accommodation in this city. Um, in years past, we would very generously get support from hotels where we could put a family up for a few days or a week or so and, and get a, a real break on it. But we all know that it's very expensive in the city of Vancouver in terms of accommodations and what we what we were able to do with the very generous support of a number of uh, of groups was build our build the burn fund building, put eight accommodation suites in where families can come and stay, and focus entirely on their loved ones healing and getting better, not having to find a hotel room or find an apartment or find something where they can stay, and it really takes the burden off of families um, in doing this, and it's and that supports. The mental trauma, the physical trauma, it, is, it, it just makes a world of difference for our families that come in. Yeah, and when you talk about the Home Away program, uh, our guest Elaine Squ Square, who is here, knows very well about this, uh, this program. Uh, Elaine and her husband Barry's world uh, was turned upside down uh, when their 20-year-old daughter Landon received a leukemia diagnosis. And Elaine, um, let me just um, let you tell the story about why the Home Away program is, is so important to you and to a lot of families in the province. Sure. Um, you know, we're from Whitehorse, Yukon, so we're a long way away from our home and our friends and our family. And back in July, my daughter was in the ER not feeling great, and she got called back that night to come. And they told us that, you know, there was something serious going on and they were going to medevac her down to the Vancouver General Hospital. And so, obviously, that was stressful and worrisome. And my husband, who is a firefighter in Whitehorse, 
knew about the Burn Fund Centre and the Home Away program and knew that it was not only for burn survivors but also for firefighters who were coming down for some sort of treatment or families were coming down. So he got on the phone right away. He reached out and got a hold of them that night. And the next day, my daughter was medevaced, and we hopped on a commercial flight down here, drove right to the burn fund. We're able to just drop our our bags and go right to the hospital and uh, support our daughter and find out what was going on. And um, later that week, she was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. And yeah, like you said, our, our world was just turned upside down. And having a place like Home Away really did take the worry off of finding somewhere and being able to um, just focus on figuring out what was going to happen to our daughter because at that point we really didn't know. And um, it just it just meant the world to us that we had this place to come and they were welcoming, they were ready for us, they, they oriented us to the neighborhood, they made sure we had everything that we needed and not only that, it's like Gord said, it's, it, it was affordable to us. We definitely, you know, were worried about that because once we got down here and got the diagnosis, um, we knew that this wasn't going to just be a month or two. It's going to be going on seven months before we can go home. And so that became even more important when we looked at the longevity of this day and yeah, like that just it just made this world a difference to us. Yeah, yeah, especially when when you think it oh you're just going to be there a month and then it turns out yeah. it's going to be a lot longer. Uh, we're talking to Elaine Square. She is uh uh the the mother of a 20-year-old daughter with leukemia who's taking advantage of the Home Away program, which is all part of the BC Firefighters Burn Fund. And if you want to support this initiative, uh, of course, go to uh, Bright Nights at Stanley Park, which is on now. You can also go to their website, burnfund.org, and you can buy a 50-50 ticket. And the 50-50 ticket, um, I, I, last year it was up to like a half a million bucks, a jackpot. Uh, and you can make a donation or just learn more about the information uh, about their programs. And Elaine, uh, the Home Away program, you were just discussing how how crucial it was for the care uh, of your daughter, Landon. Um, and, and I'm reading about some of the things. They even have a uh, an emotional support dog at the, at the Home Away program, Benji. Well, and I was going to say, you know, um, this place is more than just a place to stay. Uh, the Home Away provides a lot of different supports. I know when I first came, I was I was just having so much trouble. Um, I was having so much trouble emotionally. And eventually I reached out to the executive director of the Burn Fund. And that same day she hooked me up with their referral coordinator, who's also a counselor. And she took the time to talk to me on the phone. And I don't know where to get support here. I'm new to Vancouver. I don't spend a lot of time down here. And she was able to hook me up with the people that I needed. Um, in, a, in addition to that, she also offered that to my daughter. And the burn fund, my daughter's been in and out of the hospital. Her first day was 35 days, and then she did chemo outpatient, and she went back in for a stem cell transplant and now she's back out again doing her outpatient visits but she's not allowed to leave and obviously for her you know in the ER they told her 
oh, you might be down here for a week, and then to find out that she had this life-threatening disease and she'd be down here for much longer was challenging. So they've offered that counseling to her and to my husband as well. In addition to um, that, the HomeAway provides an opportunity for me to connect with other other families and other parents. And, you know, we all have different stories, and it's we're not all here for the same reason. And so I've learned a lot about burn survivors and what they're experiencing. And in turn, they've learned a lot about um, leukemia and what, what we're facing. But, but when we first came, we all have the same story. None of us could really talk. We, we passed each other in halls. Um, but eventually, because we're here and we're able to cook in the kitchen and gather in the living room, uh, we started to tell our stories, and it, it was a relief to be able to talk to someone and realize that although their stories are very different, all of us are going through this unimaginable trauma, and we were able to connect. And I think back to the first week I was here, and Peter, who is the manager of the Home Away, um, brought in Benji, who is their stress intervention dog. And at that point, I was at the point where I couldn't talk to people because I would just break down. And so my husband, Barry, was talking to Peter, and Benji just came over to me. I think he sensed I was, you know, really having a hard time, and he just sat near me, and I could bend over, and I pet him, and for a moment, I felt like I could actually breathe. I felt like there was a moment when, for 24 hours a day, I wasn't thinking about my daughter and what this could mean for her. And since then, Benji, Peter brings Benji to, to see me on a weekly basis. We get to spend time walking together or he just sits with me and, and it just provides this, this sense of calm. And he's a very calm dog and he's loving. And, you know, for me, like, like I said, it's a, it's a moment where I can just breathe and not feel this weight and this anxiety. So Benji has been such an awesome addition to their program. I can't even say enough about him. Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing what dogs can do. With a, yeah. They don't even know it most of the time. No. <laughs> uh, Elaine Square is our guest. Uh, she is a home away guest uh, because that is the kind of work that the, the BC Professional Firefighters Burn Fund is doing. And they are behind bright nights in Stanley Park. You can go to www.burnfund.org. You can buy a 50-50 ticket and uh, the, the pot is getting really big. You can win a lot of money, make a donation, or learn more about these programs. And when we come back, we'll have more with Elaine and Gord Ditchburn, who's the president of the BC Professional Firefighters Burn Fund. And we'll talk a, a little bit about Bright Nights coming up. Um, it's on now at Stanley Park. I want to hear what what is different about it this year because uh, it's their 24th year. And we'll have more when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Welcome back. And we're talking about bright nights at Stanley Park. It's the annual Christmas tradition. It is just the, it, it, it is one of the most important Christmas traditions I think we have in Vancouver. It's a partnership between the BC Professional Firefighters Burn Fund and the Vancouver Park Board. 
and uh, firefighters from all over BC come to Vancouver to Stanley Park and they set up the lights. There's the Christmas train and uh, Gore Ditchburn is the president of the BC Professional Firefighters Burn Fund, the people behind Bright Nights. And we've been talking to Elaine Square, who is the mother of a 20-year-old daughter who was diagnosed with leukemia. And uh, she is in Vancouver as part of their Home Away program, which is an excellent thing because it gives people from out of town a place to stay when they're dealing with serious illness. Uh, like leukemia. And, you, and Gord, you just heard Elaine's story about uh, about all the, the different things, like th- the big things about having a place to live in an expensive city, also being close to all the, the sort of uh, medical things that you need when you're dealing with a serious illness like that, but also a Benji, the, the support dog, the emotional support dog, and how important that is. So listening to Elaine, how did that make you feel as 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 president of the burn fund uh, and, and you're behind so much of this great work. Well, first of all, it's heartwarming to know that the work that firefighters across the province, uh, what we're doing, we're having an effect and a positive effect uh, um, on those who are using our facility. And as Elaine touched on, everybody's story is slightly different, but in some sense, we're all the same and we're all, we're all struggling with how to get through the, the issue at hand and having the resources in place to help makes, makes what one is going through just a little bit easier, if that makes sense. It's about support and, you know, firefighters by nature are very giving in their own communities. Uh, you know, we show up on the big red truck, we, we help families, we help people in need and by extension, we do that through the burn fund and, through events like Bright Nights and the new 50-50 lottery, it's about raising funds that allow us to operate the building that we have at 23rd and Main, to offer support to Elaine and Barry and so many other families that have come through. You know, we've literally had hundreds of families come through, thousands of room nights uh, since we opened in, in 2016, and the difference that it's made for families um, as they move through the trauma that they've incurred with their family. It, it's, you know, it's as simple as, as Benji coming and spending time. Just, and you touched on it earlier, was that just having uh, an animal, a pet uh, near you, seems it, it calms people down. And if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, that makes a world of difference for people. And again, by the support we receive from the public in, in Bright Nights and, and others, that allows those programs to continue. And that's what this is about. It's about reaching out to our public who've been very, very generous over the years. And we need that to continue. And we need that to continue so we can have Elaine and Barry and many other families stay with us in the, in the, in the burn center and be able to access the, the best medical treatment available uh, at the various facilities that are very close by. And so we're as much as we give in our communities and as much as firefighters uh, um, do so many good things, we need some help. We need some help from the public to allow us to continue to continue to do this work. Right. And that's why uh, people should go to burnfund.org and pick up a 50-50 ticket because because it, it gets up there, doesn't it? The jackpot gets pretty big. Well, last year it was our first year and we instituted the 50-50 because 
we couldn't offer operate um, bright nights because of COVID, um, and the public jumped on it and supported us. And we, in the month of December, we raised half a million dollars. Our 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 winner of last year, the fifty fifty, a longtime supporter of of bright nights with their family, and had fallen on some hard times a little bit uh, financially, and making that call and hearing the emotion was huge. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to it in the call that we made. It brings my own emotion out because you get to make a difference. And their support makes a difference at our end. And we were able to make a difference at her end and for her family. And that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Gord Ditchburn is the president of the Firefighters Burn Fund. Uh, www.burnfund.org is the place to go. And uh, Elaine, Elaine Square, we've been talking about uh, your daughter, your 20-year-old daughter, who, who is staying at the Home Away program along with you and your husband. And uh, it looks like you'll be spending Christmas uh, in <laughs> Vancouver. Um, so I guess that adds a whole new level of emotion to your experience. Yeah, you know, it's. I, I have to say, it's a, isn't it an experience I would wish on anyone? But home away and the people who support it have just made it so much easier. My daughter was, you know, she had her twentieth birthday here. She was supposed to go off to university, and she's here. Uh, and now we're going to spend Christmas here. But you know, just the other day, the Burn Fund Center brought volunteers, and they decorated, and they brought. Um, gingerbread houses for us to do and so they, they're just doing all these small things that um, don't seem very big sometimes but to us it was big we love Christmas and we miss all of those things and my daughter because of her, her leukemia can't can't leave the burn fund center unless it's to go out for a walk so bringing those things to her and just being able to make these houses that you know slip and slide and fall all over and, and have some laughs um, just was amazing Amazing for yeah, That's great. And and we keep mentioning the, the website, burnfund.org. That's the place to go pick up a 50-50 t- uh, ticket, uh, make a donation perhaps, uh, and learn more about the Burn Fund program. And uh, and of course, the thing you, you have to do, you can't miss this, is to get to Stanley Park and the Bright Nights display. And Gord, um, this is the 24th one. And, and last year, uh, it was... It was pretty much canceled because of COVID. So um, how special is this year and what can people expect when they show up and see the lights? Well, when they, when they, you know, it's very special. It's very special, again, to be able to have Stanley Park lit up, uh, you know, in excess of 3 million lights, um, you know, uh, shining up the park and, and, and getting families out again and getting them participating in, in the community and, and coming down to see what they've missed for a year uh, with COVID and, and having that and the train ride and, and the smile on people's faces where they, you know, it's like that first snowfall where everybody's in a happy mood again for a day or two until it turns to slush. This, this is a, a tremendous uh, um, um, melting pot of people that come together. They, they experience the bright nights, they experience the train ride and they support the programs that the burn fund does. And, you know, when I look at, at Bright Nights, and we weren't able to do it last year, we instituted the 50-50, and, and we had a half a million dollars. This year, our goal is a million. And again, we're, we're, we've set the bar high because we believe 
with the public's help, we're going to get there. And that, that in turn is going to, somebody's going to start the, the new year with a half a million dollars in their pocket if we're able to raise the million. And this is what we're asking in, you know, with the public support. Um, because, because with COVID, Bright Nights is down uh, by, by the capacity limits to 50%. And we've got to find a way to raise those funds to support the continuum of the programs. And this is where we're at. And we, we're, the lottery will offset some of, those, uh, some of those losses, if you will, in what we would normally get in a, in a gate from the train rides and the donations at the park. And that money goes a long way to help families like Elaine and, and so many others and the support that they receive. Uh, not only here in Vancouver, but across the entire province. So coming out to Bright Nights, going to the website, supporting the, the lottery, um, just tremendous ability to, to help these programs continue and, and, and continue to support these families. And that website is burnfund.org. It's easy to remember, www.burnfund.org. You can buy a 50-50 ticket and, uh, you know, you can go home with a half a million dollars uh, and uh, or you can just go to the website and make a donation because because what these these people are doing is is really really special and and the bright nights is really really special because that train um, you know you know the bruised shins if you're tall uh, <laughs> apart from that that train ride in Stanley Park is the most special thing and whether you have kids or not, it's it's just an amazing thing, and I'm guessing uh, since you opened, there must be a little bit of extra extra juice in everybody because of the fact it was canceled last year. And, and oh, people there is. need a, a... they need a little bit of uh, something to to buoy their spirits a little bit. Oh, there is. You can see it when in, in the guests that are coming down to the park. There's a spring in their step. They're excited in spite of some of the rain we've incurred, but they're excited. They're they're you know it's it's let you know letting them loose and they're having fun again in the park and they're again you can just see the smiles on their faces and you touched on it you know it's crashing your knees and we're we're cramming into the into the uh into the the train if you will and all properly spaced but we're all you know trying to get into those trains and 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 the kids the smile on their faces and uh it just it's what christmas is it's excitement it's it's happiness it's and again, by extension, the the support from the public allows us to bring that passion and that excitement back to our families and back to our our guests that we're serving within within the burn fund. And so mm-hmm. we need the public support. And um, again, going to burnfund.org, make a donation, buy the tickets. Let's let's pump this this lottery fifty uh, fifty lottery up as high as we can get it, and give somebody, give a family, a fresh new start in the new year. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And Elaine Square, in the, the minute or so that we have left, um, what do you say to people who might be thinking of going to burnfund.org to buy a 50-50 ticket or donate some money, go to Bright Nights? Uh, as someone who has seen the kind of work that the Firefighters Burn Fund does, uh, what do you say to people listening right now? Well, I think I would say that, you know, I don't think this would have been doable for us without this support. Financially, I don't think we could have been here for our daughter, both of us. And I think that, you know, the Burn Fund Center has been here for my family. And I've already seen since I've been here so many other families go through the same thing. So I would ask that this holiday 
people do set aside a little bit of money and support through a donation or buying your tickets for Bright Nights, uh, the 50-50 ticket. We got to go on the opening night, and although my daughter's 20, uh, she had a smile on her face the whole train ride, and there was a little boy in front of us who we were all invited because we were people who had been through the burn center or who were burn survivors, and he just was so delighted the entire time. He was so excited about what was coming around the next turn and provided this commentary for us. And I have to say it was one of the best nights that I had with my daughter and my husband. Um, So I would encourage people to get down there or get your 50-50 tickets. Elaine Square, all the best to you, your husband, Barry, and of course, Landon. And we wish her all the best. Um, And and have, have a great holiday season, as good as it can be. Thank you. And uh, Gord Ditchburn, president of the BC Professional Firefighters Burn Fund. Uh, keep up the good work and thanks so much for, for filling us in on what's going on. And uh, I hope it's a, it's a great Christmas for everybody. And uh, thanks so much, Gord. Martin, thank you. Thanks for having us on. And again, to the public, reach out, give us some support and have a merry, merry Christmas to all the listeners. Right on. Thank you. Gord Ditchburn. Burnfund.org is the website. It's so simple. Burnfund.org. You can buy a 50-50 ticket, make a donation, get information about bright nights at Stanley Park because you have to go. If you're new to the city, it is uh, one of the most uh, just lovely Christmas events in this city, defining Vancouver. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, Uh, If you're really into turkey this Christmas, you might want to start shopping now for your bird. We'll tell you about that when we come back right after this. It's Vancouver Consumer. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, CKNW, and our thanks to Gord Ditchburn, the president of the BC Professional Firefighters Burn Fund, the people who put on bright nights at Stanley Park, and also to uh, Elaine Square, the mother of a 20-year-old daughter who has leukemia and is uh, taking advantage of of some of the programs that the Burn Fund offers uh, to people like Elaine. And uh, it it was a great story, and we wish her all the best. And you can support the Burn Fund just by going to their website at burnfund.org. Pick up a 50-50 ticket, and uh, they're looking at about a half a million dollar uh, jackpot this year. So uh, buy a 50-50 ticket at burnfund.org, and then, of course, go to Bright Nights at Stanley Park. If you're really into turkey for Christmas, you might want to start thinking about picking one up now. That's what some producers and processors of turkeys in Canada are encouraging people to do amid a reduced supply of products at some stores. According to Brian Ricker, the owner of Ricker Farms, if you want exactly what you want, better to find it sooner than later. He says when the pandemic started in 2020, farmers were well supplied with turkey products and the storage stocks were very high. But when COVID hit, the processors begged the farmers to slow down the turkey production because people just weren't buying deli meat. They weren't going to delis and they weren't going to restaurants. But Ricker says over the course of the pandemic, something funny happened. There was suddenly a strong uptick and even panic buying in turkey products for a while. And it caught farmers like Ricker by surprise. He says it's a long timeline to grow a turkey and it doesn't get back to normal overnight. He also says during the holiday events in the past two years, the demand for smaller turkeys 
in the five to seven and seven to nine kilogram classes shot up while the larger turkeys weren't as in demand. And farmers have also been hit with other problems, obviously locally, all that flooding, but also COVID-19 protocols has meant uh, a lot of labor shortages. And then over the summer, there were the droughts that they saw in the prairies that had a huge effect on the price of feed and turkeys need to eat. Uh, Jean-Michel Lorraine is the president and CEO of the Canadian Poultry and Egg Processors Council. And he says the country's turkey processors and producers have been caught up in the global supply chain issues. However, he says he's com- cautiously optimistic for this year. Michelle Benoit is the general manager of BC Turkey Farms and says, despite the recent flooding here in BC, there is still plenty of turkey, but getting them to stores could be a challenge. So uh, uh, Benoit says there's no need to panic. But one thing is likely, it'll probably be a little more expensive than uh, it was last year when you buy your turkey. Uh, they say that uh, it looks like we'll be paying a lot more for food in 2022 uh, because of all these uh, sort of supply chain issues and climate things and the price of feed for animals. Um, it's looking like we'll pay more for food in 2022. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And coming up after the news, Vancouver police won't have to get a COVID vaccine if they don't want to, but they will have to pay for it. That's coming up next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.